This is View from the Cop on the Blood Red Channel, our Liverpool FC fans podcast, bringing you all the big talking points at Anfield. Well, hello and welcome to the View from the Cop Liverpool fans podcast on the Blood Red Channel. I'm Paul Wheelock, uh, recording live from my seven-year-old son's bedroom because it's the only place that's quiet in this house. Uh, and I'm pleased to be joined by two Liverpool fans who are also self-isolating, social distancing at the moment. And it's uh, two Liverpool fans who are making the debut on this show, but who will be familiar to the listeners of the post-game podcast, which we hope will be back very, very soon. Uh, and that's Ross Strachan. Ross, you OK? Yeah, I'm OK, mate. Thanks, good. And Matt Whitty, you all right as well, mate? Yes, good mate. Yeah, well, great to have you on and we're going to have hopefully have half an hour of football chat. Obviously, we will be talking about about the impact of the coronavirus because it is something that is dominating the, the agenda, not only the sporting agenda, but we'll hopefully take your mind off it a little bit over this next half an hour or so. Uh, you know, there was never going to be a Liverpool match this weekend as it was a scheduled international break, but I don't know about you two, but it's it's kind of hitting home for me in recent days uh, that we may may have quite a while to go now without watching live football again. Again, Are, are you guys the same or has it crossed your mind even, you know, given the more important things that have, that have been going on in the world? Well, yeah, from, uh, yeah, from my point of view, it's been, it's, it's been really painful before. <laughs> about having these games to look forward to, you know, um, we all work hard, we all we all go and provide for our families and all that. But you do need, in my opinion, you do need that. Um, you have that to look forward to. Your little like your little escape or your little carrot at the end of your week, working week. You have got that football. You go to the pub with your mates or you you know you you, you go to the match, and it's just the release. And to not have that the last few weeks, it's yeah, it's been it's been pretty tough. I think yeah. I know in the grand scheme of things, people say it doesn't matter, but it's it sort of does because it's 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 mental health, it's everything, isn't it? You you need these releases, in my opinion. So yeah, I've I've struggled the last few weeks. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, it's strange to think that it, we were probably just a, you know two or three weeks ago we were almost sort of picking which weekend it would be um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. when we were crowned <laughs> crowned champions and. Uh, and now that seems uh, seems like quite a long, quite a long, like like just a different different world, really. Um, so yeah, we, I completely agree. We need that need that escapism from uh, from the world. There are there are bigger things going on, but yeah, missing it missing it a lot. We'll go on to what could be coming up in the the next few weeks and months, but uh, I don't think anyone knows exactly when we're going to be playing or watching football again. But I suppose the good news is that the Premier League have committed to, to finishing the season and, and barring a real freak set of results, Liverpool will be crowned champions. And again, I know we have to put a caveat on everything at the moment, that health and safety of friends and family are the most important thing. But does that give you a little bit of comfort that knowing that having seen this incredible season, your side are going to win this league, it's going to happen. Does that give you a bit of comfort? Well, it, it does and it doesn't for me because... No matter what happens now this season, it's it, it. I hope, I hope, I pray that the, the season does finish and we do become champions. We deserve it. But I think no matter what happens, it's always going to be a little bit, you know, a little bit tainted, a little bit not quite as enjoyable. I don't know. It's 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 just a really strange feeling. Before this all kicked in, it was every single week was joyous and you look forward to it. Like 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 Matt just said. You, you, you're at the point where you were thinking it's going to be this weekend, it's going to be that weekend, and now to just be an absolute limbo—is it going to fit? Is it going to be two months, three months, four months, five months? Is the next season going to be affected? I think it's just—it's—it's it's really, really took the shine off it for me. And don't get me wrong, when it, when it, when it does start back up and we are playing again, I'll obviously I'll be really excited about it. But now I do feel on a bit of a downer about it. 
Matt, are you the same or can you see maybe the, the bigger picture kind of thing that, you know, it will come back sooner or later? Yeah, I feel I feel a bit different really. I think that I think that it, it does feel it does feel a bit odd at the moment because just because because there is so much uncertainty about when football's gonna resume or, and what that's going to look like. But I think as soon as it does resume, we'll we'll get back in the swing of it differently. Uh, get back in the swing of it straight away. And I think that that feeling when uh, when Henderson does the shuffle and lifts the trophy, <laughs> uh, oh, everyone yeah. will. Uh, everyone that's 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 going to be that's going to be a good moment. And I yeah. think I think in some ways the wait, um, you know, thirty years plus however many weeks or months delay we get, it's still going to feel it's still going to feel pretty sweet. Yeah, can you can you picture yourselves? I know it's still very early days, and we we don't know what this virus is going to do to you know our fellow citizens in the UK and around the world. But can you almost picture yourself being back at Anfield? Because again, we'll come on to the whys and why not sort of behind closed doors and different scenarios in a moment. But again, there will be a, there will be a time when you are back at Anfield, and the Premier League trophy will be getting aloft, and Jordan Henderson will be there doing his little dance. Can you picture that, or does it still seem too too far away? Yeah, I, I can picture it, I can picture it, but at the same time, it does seem far away. But um, yeah, it's 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 just it's just all a little bit like surreal. It's it should have all it should have already happened, shouldn't it? We should have we should have already had the party. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah. and it's just everything like everything stuff's on hold. So yeah, I, I I can't even think too much about it to be honest. I'd, I'd look forward to it, uh, the game starting again in in the summer. It could be it'd be wonderful to have Premiership football in the summer. That's something that, that does excite me, to be honest. But yeah, I don't know. We just have to see how it goes. Yeah, likewise. I think uh, summer summer football would be great to have. Uh, yeah. To have uh, uh, club football in the summer would be would be absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think that if it, I think that when once we actually can get back into Anfield as well, it's going to be uh, it's going to be some atmosphere when we when uh, when uh, the first time we get back in there. Hopefully, the, the Premier League have said they want the season finished by June the 30th. It seems a bit of a stretch at, at this point. But as I say, they, they have committed to finishing this season. But then again, I think last night on Friday night, they released a statement in conjunction with the Football League and the PFA saying that this difficult decisions will have to be taken in the coming weeks and, and understandable. And imagine one of those difficult decisions could be playing games behind closed doors. How would that sit with you as a season ticket holder, Matt and Ross, someone who regularly goes to game? How would you feel about okay, we we go two months without football, and the only option is to go behind closed doors? How would that sit with you? I think probably a couple of weeks ago, it would have seemed pretty pretty unthinkable, really, to to have that. But I think the world just seems a pretty different place to to uh, to two weeks ago, and even though football is it, it, it really is nothing without the fans, I think that. It, you know, it could be months or you know many many months before before we can get sort of people together in in that kind of numbers that uh, you know tens of thousands of people together in such close quarters, and I think it might be sort of a pragmatic decision that the only way to sort of fairly finish the season would be to to finish it behind behind closed doors. But it would be slightly slightly mixed feelings. But I, I kind of suspect that by the time it comes back on, we'll be so starved of football or or any sport really by that stage that will that will take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say yeah. I'd, I'd probably agree. I'd, I'd take, I'd take it now. Just a bit of football to watch behind closed doors. But I mean, the issue I'd have with that is where, where do you watch it? Where do you watch it? Do you watch it in your house? Are they reopening the pubs? The pubs would be absolutely shocking with people. So what? I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a solution because are you going to be open and you just have to stay in your house and watch the game? Where's the fun? Where's the fun in that? Winning the league and just sitting in the house—that's. That's not what it's about. That's not what we've waited all this time for. But 
if that's if that's how it's got to be done, that's how it's got to be done. But I just hope that when it gets to it, that fans are allowed back in, and when we do finally see, you know, the end of shuffle, as we said, that we're in the ground to see it. Do you, do you wonder then, Matt, maybe if if this, it's going to be months that we can have large scale gatherings, football matches, obviously being a prime example of that. And the FA have basically said, yeah, we, we want to finish the season on June the 30th, but at the same time said we can extend it indefinitely. Should we just like forget about next season? Don't worry when that starts, October, November, December time, and worry about that later. And maybe, you know, get when football comes back, make sure it comes back properly with, with fans in place. I know there will be issues in terms of players' contracts, which expire on a certain date, and people like Adam Alana might have to play for Liverpool, even though technically he's a free agent. Or am I being a bit fanciful there in, in thinking that we can get back to how it was just, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, before maybe even the end of the year? I think the I think that the truth is that nobody nobody knows, do they? And I think that in terms of given that given, you know, the the lockdown announcement that we had last week, you know, that's that's likely to go on, I think, for, for a few more weeks and it could be two or three months. And well it already already is going to be three months for, for, for some people, isn't it, who've got uh, who are who are more, more vulnerable than others. So I think realistically there's nothing that can start before then with with groups of people. And I think even when that period comes to a close, I don't think it's just going to immediately click back to being um, you know, with with no restrictions at all. I think it's going to be a lot more phased um, as we as we sort of go back to normally a bit more uh, normality a bit more a bit more gradually so I think that even finishing the number of games that we've got left in this season is going to take a lot longer than people uh, people are probably imagining yeah the the only issue I have with if if you if you, if you say goes to September October November whenever whenever it is then that's that's the next season driven as well if you take the emotion out of it and the fact that you know we're, we're within touching distance of getting that title it's it's this season is ruined. Next season's ruined. What what are you doing with all your other competitions? Your Champions Leagues, your FA Cups, your League Cups. Your, you've at some point something's got to give, and that's I, I don't know what that's going to be. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting about the other competitions as well. So I think that I think there's a there's a definite sort of risk to the start of certainly the start of next season as well. Um, given that you know the players might need. Um, might need some sort of gap or, or some sort of additional precautions around the way that they play games with, you know, maybe having their temperature checked or testing and things before before games. And I, and I just wonder whether there is going to be space to have all of the normal competitions that we normally have whenever next season starts as well. So whether something like the League Cup or something might get dropped. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like there's going to have to be some kind of trade-off, hasn't there, really? Like, you know, yeah. they've, they know they've got Euro 2020 gone, but even that... Seems a yeah. bit, you know, like if if this does go on for months and months, will even Euro twenty twenty take place in a year's time? You just, you just don't know. It's 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 it's, it's a it's a lot to take in. It's, but it it does feel like from from the club's perspective, obviously we're not hearing much from the club, given they are in you know as good as we're not we're not in complete lockdown yet, but they're, they're basically doing what the rest of us are doing. The players have been doing stuff on social media, but Jurgen Klopp spoke on Friday in a Q&A with the Liverpool's website and he's he passed on a message to supporters just a couple of days after that Atletico game, which we'll come to in a moment. He definitely strikes the right chord, doesn't he, Jurgen Klopp, in times like these? Yeah, he, he, he said all the right things, as usual. He's, he's, he's a class act, we know that now. And you know, there, was a, there was a Twitter video out the other day where they were thanking all the NHS and that's... You know he underst- he understands the city, he understands the culture. So yeah, he's he, he's saying the right things. Let's just hope we can get back to talking about football soon, real football. Let's go stay on the football then. 
before we actually talk about the match because the last time Liverpool played was at Anfield, was against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. Uh, but as I say, before we talk about the game itself, Ross, you were you were there that night and looking back on it, you're amazed that it was even allowed to go ahead in the first place because it was coming more and more about in the news that it was going to come to this country. We would see the effects it was having in Spain, obviously, uh, and Italy and, the, and places around the world. What were, your, what were your thoughts going to that game? Did you have any doubts about going? I didn't, to be honest. No, it's a bit of a strange one because even probably at the time of the game and you see it's going on you know, around the world and throughout Europe, it doesn't really strike strike home that it's actually happening, and I didn't I didn't really think about it too much to be honest. It was only when you start seeing the news things about the, the outbreaks they had in Madrid and why so many fans come from Madrid, which you know looking back seems absolutely crazy, like you say. But no, I, I didn't think about it at the time. I, I, I think it took a long time for me to accept the seriousness of it until it's until you start seeing you know businesses close and pubs and all this and total shutdown. I think it's an, until that point that I've really understood how serious it is. Were people talking about it at the game in the night? Were people always just feel like any other match day almost? It was, yeah, it was like any other match day. You wouldn't you wouldn't thought this was going on anywhere in the world. It was just a, a normal match day. Well, when the goals were going in, there was hugs and with random people around, being people falling all over the place as 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 is always the case when there's goals. Um, yeah, there was there was not a, not a thought of it. Not a thought. And when we went out. When we ended up eventually going out, you, you gutted you out the Champions League. You think that you, you want to win it, and you don't. You're not really thinking about oh, it's not going to go on, it's not going to happen. You're just thinking oh, I'm gutted them out, and yeah, it was, wasn't even a thought. Matt, you couldn't get there that night. What were you thinking from home? Did were you were you surprised that he was given the go ahead? Not, not really. I, I think I was the same really. I wasn't really. So I, I couldn't go because of work. But if it, if it wasn't for work, I would have. I would have definitely. I, I would have gone without a without a second thought. And I think it probably just reflected at the time that I think every, everybody just seemed to to uh, to underestimate the uh, the severity. Really, I think it was probably that week that the prime minister was talking about shaking hands with coronavirus patients and yeah. things. So I think it just sort of reflected yeah, yeah. that it sort of it seemed to be something that was happening to the rest of the world and, and not to us. Which, as you say, looking back, seems seems really odd, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely mad that. That's what probably just coming up to three weeks ago that, and it it feels like a lifetime ago that match against Atletico Madrid now two and a half weeks ago. It just <laughs> it does. It does. It feels like we've had so much news in the space of two and a half weeks to, to last many many years. Uh. The view from the cop on the Blood Red Channel. We spoke a lot there about what's happening. Uh, in the world at this moment the impacts on Liverpool and impacts on football but we, we'll probably just move on a little bit now and talk about the football itself because you know it is what we're all here to do and it's what we all love and the game itself against Atletico because it's the last one and probably the last one we're going to be able to speak about <laughs> for a while I don't know about you guys but I, I know Atletico credit to them for hanging on in there and, and playing well in extra time but I thought for 9500 minutes that game that was probably Liverpool's best performance I've seen this season maybe outside the last I thought absolutely superb from front to back and maybe some better finishing and not for an outstanding goal goalkeeper in Old Black he could have even been five or six yeah exactly yeah I thought their keeper was brilliant we know about him he's a top class keeper and Liverpool are excellent on the night I, I, I struggle even to think now how, how we ended up getting beat I thought Atletico were really really poor and I know they said they'd done a job on us but really and then especially in the first 90 minutes they, they, they weren't interested at all in attacking, you know, anything. They had everyone behind the ball, which I, I understand is a game plan. But the way that we, we played, we had multiple chances. 
it wasn't like they totally shut us out. We, the game should have been dead and buried in 19 minutes. It should have been 3-4-0, three, three, I think, but it just didn't happen, did it? Yeah, I agree. I think it was our best performance, definitely, over the 90 minutes since the since that Leicester game. Um, but I just think in in extra time, I think once once we got once we conceded that goal, um, we just we just we we just looked a, a bit uh, a bit shaken by it, and uh, we just didn't seem to recover. Yeah, don't you can't really pick out scapegoats, but I, I know a lot of that after the game, a lot of was was focused on Adrian, who's been a really good backup this season, won Liverpool a lot of points. Uh, it, it did kind of show, didn't it, just how big a miss Alisson is, if people didn't realise already. Yeah, it did, yeah. I mean, you, you, see, it, you see a lot of nonsense on uh, you know, your social media when these things happen and Adrian's getting absolute hell off people. And I hate to see stuff like that. Like you say, he's been, a, he's been a great addition, I think, this season. Back up, he's made some great saves, been vital for it in some games. And yeah, he has, he has made a few mistakes. But keepers, the keepers are liable to do this, particularly backup keepers who aren't playing week in, week out. And when you've got someone at the calibre of Allison, you're going to miss him. It's inevitable. So yeah, I don't, I don't blame him. Should have been done in 90 minutes. So I don't hold him to account at all. No. Matt, it's kind of like a narrative this season that other teams have suffered big injuries, particularly Man City. But on the quiet, Liverpool have, haven't they? You know, Allison's probably been missing a dozen games this season. There's, you look across the actual spine of the side, there's been quite a fair bit of chunks of the season where big players yeah. have been missing. Yeah, agreed. And I think you know it was only it was what half half an hour into the the first game of the season when uh, when Allison went off injured, and you're thinking, what's this going to mean for us? You know, can we still be in touch with City by the time he gets he gets back? And I think Adrian, what was it, sort of ten at ten eleven games on the bounce? I think that he was involved in um, with us all winning each and every single one of them. I think yeah, we've just had a, a lot of a lot of a lot of injuries. And we had Salah, who's uh, who's missed a little bit. You know, we've just had injuries throughout the team, really, and particularly in defence as well. Even people who were in really good form coming into the season, like Joel Matip as well. You know, you kind of forget that what a big party was of, of last season, and uh, yeah, it's barely barely played this season. Best keeper of your lifetime, Alisson, Liverpool keeper of your lifetime. Definitely. Yeah, he's he's up there. Yeah, I'm a big. I was I was a big fan of Pepe Reina, but yeah, he's probably he's probably probably beats him. Yeah, I'll give you that. No problem. Probably up there, we won the players of the season, but probably not player of the season. Who's who's if at the moment? It's probably around this time of year that we should be picking players of the season. Who who's impressed you most with Liverpool this season? There's been a, there's been a few obviously because of what a great season, but for me, and he was been talked about obviously before this all ended. Uh, I think Jordan Henderson this season has, has he's gone to another level. Um, over the years, you know, I'll, I'll admit I doubt I I didn't think he was good enough. I, I thought we should have sold him years ago. Um, he's, he's been he's been magnificent. I think this season his his game's gone to another level. His passing, his his involvement in the game, his influence on the game, his captaincy. And when he's not there, the biggest thing you can say about it is when he's not there, you, you notice he's not there. And um, for me, he's really he's been magnificent. I think uh, I, I agree with Henderson in terms of his performances being absolutely exceptional. And I think the other the other thing I'd add about Henderson as well is that he's he's been exceptional in two different kind of roles as well. Um, you know, in, you know, in terms of the, the number eight position that he that he typically plays, he's been he's been outstanding. The cover he gives um, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold at right back, and you know all all of the defence really. But then even when we had to make the switch when Fabinho picked up that 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 injury, that he just seamlessly flipped, um, and Fabinho was in brilliant form at the time as well. So for him yeah, to just drop true. into yeah, that, yeah. drop it, drop it, drop into that number six, and and if anything, we were well, that was probably our best best period of the season, that sort of December January period. 
Um, I thought he was brilliant there. Um, and I think, it, 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 as, you know, as Ross says, it's difficult with so many world-class players in the team and obviously the, the Ballon d'Or list last year with so many Liverpool players being uh, being in it shows how, how well everyone's playing. Um, and I think it's it's easy sometimes to sort of overlook, overlook the continued excellence of Van Dijk and, and Alisson and, uh, and Salah. But I think... I think the, the player that really stands out uh, for this season for me is, uh, is Sadio Mane. Um, I think he's just completely unplayable at times. He's got so many crucial goals, um, and particularly kind of early early on in the season as well, that, that really gave us that platform that um, that, said, that, 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 that that has um, put us given us that position that we've got in the league really. And and that was I think that was no, by no means guaranteed when you look at the way that we finished second last season after having such a good season the way that we you know we'd only we started the season by losing on penalties in the uh, in the charity shield as well and I think it just gave us that belief that we can continue to do this and actually although we'd gone up a level last season I think he sort of helped really set the foundation for this season that actually we've got another level to go up as well Agreed it's three unbelievable front players in Firmino Salah and Mane but from a, like a Liverpool Echoes point of view, there's a lot of uh, time to fill. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> columns to fill, a lot of uh, stories on the site to fill. And one of the ways we probably will fill them is to transfer news. And let's face it, whatever's going on in the world, we all like a bit of transfer news. And two names that you can't get get away from if you're a Liverpool supporter and Liverpool follower is uh, Timo Werner and Jadon Sancho. Kind of question for you both of you. Do, do Liverpool need a fourth world-class player? Or is it impossible for one of those a fourth world class strikers, should say? Or is it impossible really to go and sign a hundred million or whatever it's gonna to cost to get Sancho or maybe forty fifty for Werner, given the fact that you've got three players there who are fit most of the time and are brilliant most of the time? Yeah, it's a difficult one for you know, one of one of them one of them lads coming in because of that front three. You're not you're not getting in that side. Um someone like a Sancho, I think would be a great addition, a really good addition. And the the only problem I the only problem I see with with our, with our three is is the moving on somewhere. I know it sounds crazy to think, but if, if Barcelona or Real Madrid, it's only going to be ever them two clubs. If Barcelona or Real Madrid come knocking, these players go. It's 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 painful for me to say, but that's the only thing I worry about. That someone like Mane, Real Madrid come in and offer the money, he's, he's going to go, isn't he? Let's let's not kid ourselves. He's going to go. So, yeah, these plays these plays may come in. So there may be opportunities if plays leave. Because plays do leave. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I I do think we need backup um, up front. And I think the and I, and I agree. I think once Real Madrid and Barcelona come calling, it's difficult for any you know no no British club has been able to resist them, no matter their you know when they've been at the peak of their powers. You know, I think you know. Think back to the uh, you know the United team of the uh, the noughties and the uh, and the nineties, and he, and they struggled to keep hold of some of their their top talent when when those clubs came calling. Um, and I think we'd be, and I think we would be in the same position if they really, really um, started a campaign to sign to sign one of them. I think, uh, I think, I think um, I'm, I'm really interested to see um, to see Werner. I think he's, um, I think he'd be a little bit cheaper than Sancho, so you can sort of see the value in in having a player like that for you know fifty million or whatever. Um, I think he's he's a great age, pacey. He's got loads of goals this season, and I think the, the other thing we've got to bear in mind as well is with the um, some of the international tournaments that might be coming up as well. So the African Cup of Nations uh, is due to be scheduled next year. Obviously, we don't know what's going to be happening <laughs> with, uh, with with those kind yeah. of tournaments. Olympics I mean, as that, well. The Olympics yeah, as well. Yeah. They're talking, aren't they? So there could be yeah. So we so we could have you know in in, in the calendar year of twenty twenty one, you know, we could have three international tournaments as well as. 
you know a league season or a league season a bit to to contend with as well. So I think there will be there will be games. I think the the other thing to note about our front three is that they are all a similar age. They're all about twenty eight, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, twenty eight by this summer. And there is that just sort of danger of them all aging at the same time or leaving at the same time and not having that sort of conveyor belt of players, you know, three yeah. or four years younger to come to come through. Yeah, as well. you've, always, you've always got to evolve. Like teams have got to evolve. You can't stand still in this day and age. So yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. And I think for all of the the, the good long term planning we've done, and we've made some fantastic transfer decisions recently. That's the one gap that that we can see that we haven't that, we, that there isn't a clear succession planning for at the moment. It's almost sacrilege to say, but it's almost like there's have to be an improvement on Origi. Like I think he's got a, a lifetime pass into Anfield with whenever he leaves. There's probably a statue built of him at some point, probably deservedly so as well. But do you think almost like I don't know? It, it's it's hard to say with everything that's going on at the moment. But next season it'll only it'll only get harder when it starts again because you know City are going to come again. Do you think maybe that's one area of the team that might be just that needed that little bit extra quality? I think so. Yeah, I think I, th- I think it is in that in that in that um, in, across that front three. And I think that, as you say, Origi will always have those memories and some of the moments he's given are absolutely incredible. Um, but I I just think his his all round game isn't quite isn't quite isn't quite there. You know, as as, a, as an impact sub, um, you know, twenty thirty minutes he can be he can be real danger uh, real danger. But he's had quite a few opportunities in the last year or so when he's when he's been starting and he, he just hasn't made the most of it and. We're at a level now where we we can't we can't afford to have players that are that are not taking us up that next level. Yeah, yeah, I probably agree with you. Yeah, um, Minamino, I thought who came in might have had a slight bit more of an impact on coming in off the bench and that, but maybe another another uh, year or so when he settles into it, he might be he, he might be a decent player for us. Definitely. We just don't know when the football is going to return, but we know when it does. Six points, that's all that needed for Liverpool to win the league. So just a couple of questions before we finish. What's your moment of the season so far? And then what was the moment when you thought, you know, we're going to win this league? And I know there's been big gaps at times, but when was the moment they thought, like, this this is happening? Definitely. It's, it's, been, it's been tough. It's been tough trying to think about what my moment of the season would be. But I'm going to probably go for... Um, Curtis Jones' goal in the uh, derby, FA Cup, the FA Cup, yeah, because you know I was at I was at the game and I was at the game with my mate and his lad, and it was it was a surreal game really because there was it was there was no pressure in the on the game. It was it was just I've never been in a game where it was like I really enjoyed the game, like it, we were just having a laugh, and it was just all like no pressure on the game at all. And then to see the young lads perform like that, and you know. It, it probably hurt some Everton, Everton fans of mine. They, they were awful Everton that day, and Liverpool, the young kids were brilliant. And Curtis Jones, who I, I've, I've mentioned him a few times on the podcast. I really, really like this kid. I think he's going to be a part next season. He's a really good player, and that goal in the top corner, it was absolutely incredible. And it was just the whole, it was the whole game. I enjoyed the whole game, and it was that moment. I thought, you know what, we are, we're, we're a great side here. I think the the moment when I, I thought we've won that we've won the league we've definitely won the league. It was the, it was the United game for me. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the second it was the Salah goal, the second goal. I think it was stoppage time when he he raced through and scored, and it was that point where I thought, yeah, we've set we've we've done it. We're gonna we're gonna do it. 
I think the um, wasn't wasn't quite the uh, the best moment of the season, but I think sort of a, a, a turning point in the season was um, the Leicester game when uh, Trent Alexander Arnold put in that brilliant performance. And, yeah. and I think the reason it stands out is because I think as as Liverpool fans, we've all known about his his quality and, and how good he is and how he can dictate a game from from right back, which is really unusual in itself. But I think that seemed to me to be the game where the rest of the league and probably the rest of Europe sort of stood up and thought this, you know, this kid is really special. He's still only 21 and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's dominating Premier League games from, from right back. And yeah, completely agree with Ross. The, 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 uh, the moment when I, I really knew that we were going to win the league was that, that second Salah goal um, against United. And it was the, it was the first time that the, the, uh, that Anfield had uh, sung, yeah, and now you're going to believe us. And uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. Yeah, and it can't be forgotten. It does. It does feel like when when we're going to see football next, but it, it will be. It will be coming. The title will be coming to Anfield, and, and and that's the thing you've got to hold on to as Liverpool fans, isn't it? That whatever happens over these next couple of months, you will be back at the ground. If or maybe you'll be watching it at home at first, but then you will be back at the ground. Football will come back at some point. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what we've got to keep thinking of. That's the carrot we've got to get through these next few months. Hopefully. Everyone comes through unscathed, and football can restart, and we can we can get that that title that we've waited so so long for. And I think it'll be all the all the more sweeter uh, when it does come for having Indeed. this uh, for having this delay. Well, on that point, uh, upbeat notes, I should say. I just want to say thank you very much for Ross and Matt for joining us, lads. Thank you very oh. much. and thanks for everyone listening at home Uh, we'll be back soon with another one of these podcasts but in the meantime just stay at home stay safe and uh, as I say hopefully it won't be too long before the football is back and some kind of normality returns thanks very much you've been listening to the View from the Cop podcast on the Blood Red channel